Good morning. Please uh, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we look around us this week and uh, see what's going on in the world and in the news, can't help but be grieved by the brokenness and the chaos in the world around us. Lord, we pray today we lift up those uh, in leadership and government for our country as they handle We pray for wisdom for them as they handle complex issues, challenges. Lord, we also pray specifically for the migrant families who are sojourning right now through various places in our country. We pray that you would bring peace and comfort to those who are uh, just in without without much of that. We ask that your spirit would move and that ultimately people would come to know you through kind of the brokenness that they see all around them. Pray that, pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 16 years ago, I joined EBF as a freshman at Northwestern University. Uh, shortly thereafter, our lead pastor at the time, Ben Gildner, stepped down, and we entered a season of transition where the uh, elders at the time went through a preaching rotation. Sound familiar? Well, I remember this time vividly because one of our elders at the time, one of our founding elders, Tom Mason, was also a professor of mine as I was studying material science. And so the way this would play out is that on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would hear lectures on the thermodynamics of materials, and then on Sunday, I would hear a sermon by Elder Mason. So I remember how funny it was to hear the same anecdote in a science lecture as a sermon on Sunday, and I thought maybe... Maybe somehow this will translate to extra credit or something, but uh, looking back on this time, this was really a rich time in EBF's history. Um, Not only did God grow us in numbers, but he grew us together as a community, and he grew us to himself. And I am confident that as we enter a new season of transition as a church, that um, God will be faithful to do the same. Um, And God also has a funny way of giving out extra credit because years later, an elder myself, I find myself on the opposite side of the pulpit during the preaching rotation. So, yeah. Uh, Today, uh, we're continuing our series in 2 Timothy. As uh, you may have remembered from last week, uh, Ben Wilson introduced this book and something we'll be studying over the summer, looking at another biblical account of a transition. Um, And this book of 2 Timothy also contains the basis for the elders' vision for the coming year. Um, And in particular, one of the passages we're going to look at today is our theme verse for the year. And that comes from 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. And my hope is that over the course of this year, we can commit this verse to memory. It goes, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So today we'll be looking more closely at this verse and the surrounding verses. um, And we'll look at what Paul was instructing Timothy at the time, as well as how we see this play out for us here at EBF. And to kind of break up uh, the the conversation this morning, I'm really going to look at it in three parts. First is the context of this transition and God's sovereignty. In the, in, you know, over this season with Paul and Timothy and their ministry. The second is what is really the, what Paul is asking Timothy to do, which is to fan into flame the, 
uh, the gift of God. And then the third is how it applies for us here at EBF, which is to step, step up, step in, and step out. So I'm going to uh, read the passage, which is 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. And I would ask that you all stand as I, uh, as I read God's word. 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7 says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So the story, uh, you may be seated. The story behind this letter is that Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy, after a long, hard season in the trenches of ministry. Verse 3, Paul says, I remember your tears. Clearly, this, is, this speaks to a time of emotional exhaustion. They were facing opposition from within the church and division. They were facing persecution from outside the church. And in fact, Paul is writing this letter from prison awaiting execution. Um, and, and this is one of the last letters that we know Paul wrote before he was executed. So it really amounts to kind of Paul's final words of encouragement to Timothy. Um, but what I would like to encourage us today is, is to remind her that this story did not start here nor does it end here. God has been working throughout history up until this point, and will, he will continue working well beyond this point um, for Paul and Timothy. In fact, uh, right in verse, in verse 4, Paul reminds Timothy, he says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors. He reminds Timothy that the story did not start now. In fact, the story for Paul started with God calling the people of Israel as a people set apart to himself, and it continued for Paul as he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Um, and then it continued beyond that for Paul as he went out and made disciples, planted churches, and preached the gospel. The gospel that everyone, all could be saved by putting their faith in Christ who gave him his life as a ransom and paid the price on the cross. And so Paul's ministry went on from there. And at the same time, God was raising up Timothy. Except in this case, he was doing... He was doing so through the legacy of two faithful women. Um, verse 4 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure now I am sure dwells in you as well. So God used Lois and Eunice um, to plant seeds in Paul, or sorry, and plant seeds in Timothy who would later, as we, as we know, become the leader of a church, and not just that, the leader of a movement. And so um, what, a, what an amazing legacy that these women have. And, and just as a side note, before I continue, I'd like to just note that for the parents in this room, especially the parents who spend the majority of their time raising children, often it's hard to find meaning and purpose in what, in what can be a thankless, thankless job. And so... Let this story be a reminder of how God can use uh, that legacy or God can use those who are discipling children and raising them as disciples of Christ to make an impact well beyond what we are able to see in the moment. And so what an encouragement. And this not only applies to parents, but also to those who are leading children 
those who are doing children's ministry right now, and just in general, God can use these things that we often see as relatively um, thankless in some cases, but he can use it to lead a legacy. So um, let's, let's move on and, let's, and, and, and say that also, not only did God prepare these, these men in this ministry to, to this time, but God will continue this ministry and his sovereignty well beyond this time. A few verses later, Paul says, um, he kind of alludes to this in verse 12, he says, For I am not ashamed, for I know whom I I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So God is the one who will be guarding this ministry until the day which he deems necessary. In the Old Testament, God calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, or the beginning and the end. And it is God who led Paul and Timothy to this moment, and it is God who will carry their ministry far into the future. And I believe that here at EBF, that is still true. It is God who has carried us to this moment, and it is God who will carry this church far into the future. Amen? Let's move on um, and look more closely at what Paul is actually asking Timothy to do. So in this time of uncertainty, in this time of kind of transition, what what does Paul ask? Does he say, hang in there? keep the faith, you know, persevere or endure. No, he says more than that. He says, fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. Now, when I hear these words, fan into flame, I can't help but think of one of the cheesiest 90s youth group songs ever written. Some of you know what I'm thinking about here, but it's a song that goes, Light the fire in my soul, fan the flame, make me whole. Now, ben, ben Cook really wanted to sing that song this morning. And I, I thought, no, you know, we, you guys can listen to the rest of it on your own. But uh, as cheesy as those lyrics or that song, song goes, it's essentially what Paul is saying here. He's saying, light a fire in your soul. Fan into flame the gift of God. So what is this gift that, that Paul is referring to here? Well, I believe this really, this gift is referring both to a specific, unique gift or calling that Timothy has on his life, as well as a common gift that all of us have as believers. So, specifically, Timothy uh, has gifts or or a calling that he has, and, and Paul says, the gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. And that laying on of my hands essentially is saying, This is a gift that you were commissioned to do, and likely that refers, in Timothy's case, to preaching or teaching or evangelism. Um, But this is not something that Timothy is is, uh, called to do. In fact, the word for gift in in this passage could also be interpreted as calling. So it's something that he was called to do. Um, But this gift or calling is not intended to be um, kind of practiced on his own power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is the, the gift that we all have that is common to all believers. Notice in this passage, the, the language changed from the singular to the plural. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. So this, this gift of the Holy Spirit is one that, that is common amongst believers. It's common amongst Paul and Timothy. Um, and then later Paul references the Holy Spirit again in verse 14. He says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So we do not do things on our own power as believers. We do things and we use God, the gifts that God has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells 
within us. And, uh, and then, you know, in this passage, Timothy is, is, is at, or Paul is asking Timothy to reject fear. So we are called as well in this time, I think, to reject fear. It's easy to look around us in the world, in our community, in our church, in our families, in our own lives, where there are things that are um, difficult, uh, to, and to be afraid and to be fearful. But, but in this, just, like, just like in this time, Tim, uh, Paul is asking Timothy to reject fear, I believe that we uh, at EBF should reject fear and embrace a spirit of power and love. And uh, we, should, we have a, the God's spirit of power to make it through whatever circumstances we're facing individually or as a church. We have a spirit of love to spill out into our relationships with one another. And we have a spirit of self-control to continue and stay the course together. So what does this look like specifically for us at EBF? Well, uh, as you've already heard and as I mentioned uh, earlier, you know, this passage forms the basis for our vision, the elders' vision for the coming year. And this is something that was presented a couple weeks ago at our annual members' meeting. And before I get into specifically what, what we, uh, the steps that I already mentioned, I just wanted to comment that w- the vision that I'm speaking about is, is really kind of the, the focus for the year. This vision does not take, uh, it does not replace sort of the permanent mission statement of, uh, of EBF or the statement of faith that our church holds, which, you know, outlines our beliefs, or even our ethos statements. We have five ethos statements which are written in our bulletin and up on our website that describe who we are as a church and who we want to be. And, um, and so this vision that, we're, that I'm referring to is really how we see this core truth about who we are as a church play out over the coming, coming year. It's how we see this being put into practice over the coming year. And so the way that we have put this, laid this out is really in three steps. Stepping up to service for the kingdom of God, stepping in to deeper relationships with one another, and stepping out on mission to a lost and broken world. So stepping up, stepping in, and stepping out. So I'm going gonna, gonna to go through each one of these in a little bit more detail. Um, the first is stepping up to service for the kingdom. So EBF as a church has a rich history and legacy of volunteerism. So this is a church that has historically had people engage and join and, and volunteer to serve the, the community. In fact, think about this morning. We had people coming in early to set up, to move stuff out of our um, the storage room downstairs, and then we had an AV team who set up all the equipment, and we have um, you know a lot of people serving on Sunday morning. And actually, a few years ago, we didn't meet in this building. We used to meet at the movie theater, and so that involved uh, people starting at 6 a.m. in the morning, um, where we had Paul Belisles and Randy Meyer pulling a trailer from an off-site storage facility. And then all of that process would start. So um, we have people that, that serve um, on Sunday morning. We have people who've served faithfully here week in and week out for years. And I think, I'm think i thinking of people like Karen Schmidt, who sets, set up, up the communion every week. Gina Green, who sets up the lobby every week. These, these people serve faithfully um, often behind the scenes. And then even today, as we look up on stage, we have people who are serving and volunteering their time and their gifts for service to God and leading us in worship. We have people who are volunteering and serving by leading our children downstairs. And so this is a church where service is kind of the norm. And we want to continue in this tradition. We want to see this continue 
Um, it's part of why one of our ethos statements is invested sojourners. So while we, have, we are a church where people come and go, we want to invest while we're here. We want to serve the body and continue this. Um, and we want to be a place where passive attendance is uncomfortable and sacrificial service is the norm. And so now, more than ever, perhaps we need all hands on deck. As you know, we're without a lead pastor. And beyond that, we have other open staff positions at the church. There's transitions happening. And so we need, we want to continue to see this um, tradition of volunteering and serving the body continue over the coming years. And uh, one final thing about stepping up to service is that when we do so, when we do this, we follow in Jesus' footsteps. Jesus was the servant leader. And the Bible says that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So service was a key part of Jesus' identity, and it should be a key part of ours as well. The second, the second step that we, we outline is stepping in, stepping in to deepening relationships with one another. So spirit of love, spirit of power and love is a spirit that... Uh, spills out in our relationships, and, it, and it's a spirit that enables us to empathize with one another. It's a spirit that, en- that enables generosity and hospitality um, and just love for one another. And uh, this is also something that EBF has done well. And when I mentioned um, joining EBF many years ago as a student, this was one of the things that drew me into this church was this sense of community, that we were a family of people that lived together and that loved one another and I can remember very clearly at the time when I joined as a student, I uh, was part of a group of people who um, volunteered some time in support of one of, our, one of the EBF families who had a, a two-year-old son who was, di- who was diagnosed with autism. And so this group of people surrounded this family and volunteered a few hours every week to do ABA therapy with, uh, with Emmett. Uh, and so years later, this uh, is actually... Emmett has continued to improve and progress, and he's a teenager now who's uh, kind of highly functional, which is great. But then the sense of community is one that uh, has has also impacted my own life personally over the course of my time here at EBF. It's the community that I have here at EBF who's walked with me through the good times and the bad times. And I can also remember early on in our marriage, Steph and I um, went through a very painful miscarriage, and it was our marriage mentors, Scott and Karen, who kind of walked alongside us during this painful and, and sad time. And then a little bit later, when we bought our house, it was the EBF moving crew who moved us into this house. And not only that, it was the EBF wrecking crew who helped us do a demo in this house. We, went, we did a lot of kind of rehab and, and gutting of, 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 our, of our house, and it was, the, it was a group of EBFers who came in to tear out uh, stuff. And then I can also remember very... Clearly, uh, Jerry Klinkner would come over every day for weeks, weeks, every single day, and join us putting up drywall in our basement. So it was the community at EBF that has really been with us through the good times. And then moving, moving forward a few years back, about six or seven years ago, I lost my father twice. And I say that because the first time was to mental illness. He, was, he went through his time of severe anxiety and depression and had to be hospitalized and went through ECT treatment. And then a little bit later, he uh, went through a two-year-long battle with, battle with cancer. And it was my community, it was my ethos group, and my close friends here at EBF that walked with me through this painful time as well. So 
looking back over the course of, you know, kind of my time at EBF, it's that community, these are examples of the community of EBF that I love and know and I, and I want to continue to see flourish here at EBF. Um, we want to be a place where, you know, we love one another. We want to be a place where a need arises and we pounce on it as a church, where someone has a need and we just jump in and, and don't hesitate to serve one another and love one another when there's, when there's a need. We want to bear each other's burdens. We want to support one another. And this happens in ethos groups, but I would say even beyond ethos groups, we want to see people loving one another and reaching out and supporting one another. We want to see people inviting one another into our homes and our families and our lives at EBF. And the final step that we've outlined here is the idea of stepping out, stepping out on mission to a lost and broken world. So it's not just enough to love one another within these walls, but God calls us to engage the community around us. And in a, in a time when there's a little bit of kind of uncertainty or a time when there are things going on that are kind of there are serious issues happening, it's, it's a natural tendency to sort of focus inward and to kind of cl- want to close ourselves off and circle the wagons and kind of huddle with those who are, you know, think like us or who are comfortable. But God calls us to engage outside of these walls. God calls us to look out and engage the world around us. Um, and this is, this is another example from, the, from Jesus' time in the Bible. You know, the, the leaders of the, the church at the time, or the leaders of the, of the, the Jewish um, be- belief at the time, was that it sort of led them to be isolated and to isolate themselves from those in, their, in the community who were considered unclean or unworthy or who were sort of outcasts. And while there is some truth to what they were doing, they were embracing the truth that God called the people of Israel to be holy and set apart from the, from the world for, um, for God. And that's 100% uh, in line and true with what God had called them to do. But it did not mean that they ignore the, the, those outside of them. And so when Jesus came, came down to earth, he came on a rescue mission for humanity. He entered um, the world and he, and he came and he reached out to, to us and, and humans. And then, not only that, not only did he uh, focus on, you know, those who were kind of part of the core uh, Jewish community, he went and he reached out to those who were in need of Savior, for those who were broken and, and needed salvation. And God calls us to follow in his footsteps and do the same in our context today. So we are called to, to reach out. And this is part of why... One of our ethos statements at EBF is missional community. This is why we want to step out on mission to a lost and broken world, and this is why we want to be a place at EBF that is welcoming to everyone in in Evanston, to Northwestern students, to young families, to retirees at Mather Pavilion. We want to be welcoming to people from all different cultures and ethnicities. We want to be a place where we, we want to be preaching the gospel to those here in Evanston. We want to be serving the poor and the needy here in Evanston. We want to uh, engage and discuss those issues that divide us as a nation. This is also why we give 10% of our budget to global missions. This is why we send out homegrown missionaries to countries around the world. Um, and this is also why we engage in the ministry of planting churches. We continue to to plant churches around the country. 
Um, and so we want to continue this, this rich tradition as well. So our vision for EBF this year is to reject fear, embrace a spirit of power and love and self-control through the Holy Spirit who lives in us as we fan into flame our unique calling and we step up to service, step into relationship, and step out on mission. So now let me ask you, where is God calling you today? Where is God calling you to uniquely use your gifts for the kingdom to step up to service or to engage one another and in, in you know, to enter into relationship and love one another more deeply? And where is God calling you to step out on mission to the, to the community and engage the community around us? I ask you to think about this and, uh, and continue in this. So last year, EBF uh, celebrated our 30th anniversary as a church. Some, you know, some of you may not realize that. We were, we've been around here for 30 years, and what started as a church, we started as a church plant ourselves from a college church in Ohio. Um, God has used to do great things over the last 30 years here in Evanston. God has brought many people into this church from all walks of life. God has used EBF to, to see people come to faith in Jesus and be baptized. God has uh, used this church to do miraculous healing of, of people in this, in this community. Um, and we have sent and trained dozens of ministry leaders around the world. Um, as I said, we send missionaries to countries all over the world, and we've, we've planted churches. In fact, we've planted four churches, and God willing, we'll plant a fifth in, in, the, in the next couple years. And we just found out actually recently that one of our church plants, the first one, is now planting their own church. So this is continuing. And what an encouragement. What an amazing, uh, you know, looking back, what an amazing 30 years that we've had as a church. Um, God is clearly at work. And just like the story of Paul and Timothy that we looked at this morning, this story did not start, the story of EBF did not start today. And it does not, and it continues on into the future. So God is the sovereign one who has brought us to this point and will continue to do great things in the future. And it is my prayerful expectation that when we look back again on this time in our history, that I would be able to say once again, what a rich, rich time in the life of EBF. We'll be able to continue to tell many stories of how God used us to, and grew us together as a, as a community in this time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gifts that you have given to us individually. Thank you for our unique gifts and calling. And thank you also, Lord, for giving us your Holy Spirit to live inside us and change our hearts and renew us from the inside out. I ask right now that you would uh, help each of us to be stirred up to action and stirred up to use those gifts for your kingdom, to step in, to step up and to step out. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.